All right, turning the page, we're on to Nichols State. What does TCU have to do this week? We won't talk too much about the opponent, but this is a chance for them to get right, work on some things, and maybe see some new players in action as they get ready for conference play, which starts in two weeks, early conference game against Houston on the road. Uh, plus, we'll look at what else happened in the Big 12 this weekend. Two other teams really struggled, um, actually lost games that they were heavily favored in, and a lot of teams just took care of business. All that and more coming up next here on Locked On Horn Frogs. You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Locked on Horned Frogs, new opponent this week, Nichols State. We'll talk about them in a minute, but more so we'll just talk about, okay, this is a good week for TCU to reset and refocus, hopefully. Uh, please subscribe on all the different audio platforms, Apple, Spotify. We're now available on SiriusXM. My loyal listeners, I got you today. Usually I plug YouTube first. I, I plug the audio side of it first, uh, but we're available there. Rate and review the show. You can also find Locked on Horned Frogs on YouTube, really close to 900 subscribers. At 894 last I checked. Um, so let's get there, and then I won't bother you again until we hit the next milestone. But I appreciate the support, uh, and you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Simcox Stevens. Show is at Locked On TCU. I don't know if you can see. Sometimes you guys get on me because, I, well, I, I can never figure out cameras. You got you guys get on me sometimes because I don't wear enough TCU gear. I'm wearing my TCU uh, kind of wind windsuit today, trying to change the vibes, uh, get things going, get everybody back on track, right? And sometimes people are upset because I don't have a bunch of memorabilia behind me. I got four kids. Maybe one day when they go to college and get out of my house, I can commandeer one of their rooms and make it my my sports cave. But for now, I got I got what I have, and and we're happy to have it. Praise the Lord. Um, but anyway, we're going to talk TCU today and turning the page, moving towards Nickel State. That's their next opponent. Okay, so what do you want to see from the Frogs as they bounce back? Obviously, it's the FCS game. And somebody hit me up on Twitter because I, I tweeted out after that Colorado loss. I was like, this is the first true test of the St. Dykes era, like in the regular season. Obviously, they had the, the loss in the Big 12 championship game, and they had to bounce back and beat Michigan. But there was so much in front of them, right? It was a chance to play for a national championship if they won that football game. And I feel like just getting into the college football playoff was such an emotional lift that it took some of the sting out of that loss, even though I know that was a game they really wanted. We saw Max Duggan's emotions after that football game at the podium. But they come back, they win that game, and they lose in the national title game. And you could tell, people have pointed this out, you could tell in that post-game press conference, following the loss to Colorado, Sonny was upset, and he should be. He was upset, team didn't seem focused, didn't seem prepared, Colorado came in, they took their lunch money, they did their thing, they got out with a victory, right? I was super impressed with them. They were a very well-coached football team, played with a lot of effort and intensity. So what do you do now? What do you do now? How do you respond? And somebody responded to me, and they were like, well, are Nichols State, Houston, and SMU great barometers? Uh, well, first off, I would say, like, I, I think those should all three be wins, but I also thought that about the Colorado game. And if they win all three of those games, I don't think it necessarily means they're a great football team. But if you lose one of those, then we're hitting the panic button. We're in DEFCON 5. I can never remember the DEFCON levels. But we're in we're in a bad situation, right? And now we're talking about a team – that most likely, unless they just got on fire and, and 
changed and flipped the script and changed it all up from there, most likely he's probably fighting for bowl eligibility the rest of the season. So you need to win these three games. And um, Nichols State at home should take care of business. Then you get Houston on the road. First uh, Big 12 conference game for the Cougs. I imagine it's going to be a good atmosphere, good crowd. That could be a tricky game. We all know what the SMU game is. It can be a trap game. It can be a tough game. That's always one that they want to win, that they want to, you know, get a victory. I'm sure there'll be some added juice with um, the news that the rivalry is going to stop or be put on pause after 2025. So uh, you got to win these next three games. And it starts with a game against Nickel State. And so this is a great week, I think, to, you know, take out some of these silly, like the pre-snap penalties that plagued them. Um, the turnovers can't have that. And then also like on defense, tackling fundamental football, getting back to the basics, hustling to the ball, making plays, being physical, leaving no doubt. And hopefully it's the type of game where you can, um, get a lot of young guys reps and get a lot of players on your roster reps. Coach Tags talked before the Colorado game that they were like two and a half deep at every position, meaning he felt like there were two or, two or three guys at every position that they could play and they felt confident about those guys getting in the game, playing well. There wasn't going to be a huge drop-off. They didn't feel that way last year. But I didn't see a team with a lot of depth on Saturday. Um, there wasn't a ton of rotating. You know, on defense, I thought there would be more rotations. But the snap counts across the board uh, were pretty steady and pretty consistent. Now, D-line, they, I know they were switching guys in and out regularly. But some of these younger safeties, you know, maybe it's time for uh, Rendon Fontenet to get out there and play. Or Jamal Johnson, hopefully they get some get a chance to play. Um, Biddle, you know, the, the I guess redshirt freshman, can he get out there and get some get some live reps? Some of your young defensive linemen, I know Marcus Deal was a guy that impressed him in camp. Maybe Avion Carter, um, Zach Chapman, Jonathan Bax, who's more of a, a linebacker edge player. But you get the ideas. Some of these linebackers that. Um, are behind Jamoy and, and Johnny, like Shad Banks, Marcel Brooks. I'm not sure if he's healthy, but if he is, get him out there for some plays. Um, get get Terrence Cooks out there for more plays. Like you, you need to empty out the tank a little bit and allow these guys to get out there, get some live action, perfect opportunity to do that. And we won't really find out this week the, the defensive preparation – I know it frustrated a lot of people. It frustrated me. And I understand the idea of like, okay, we talked about this a lot this offseason. Limited film on Colorado. Um, don't have a great idea of what they're going to do with their personnel. But I talked about this a little bit, and people pointed this out to me. Like Sean Lewis spent time with Dino Babers at Bowling Green at Syracuse. His offense, he's running like the – He's, he's from the Bryles coaching tree. He's running a, a similar scheme to what Art Bryles did at Baylor. Kendall Bryles is on staff at TCU. Like Joe Gillespie is very familiar with this offense. He he might, like there were probably some things that surprised him and maybe he did come in with the philosophy of like, we're going to play really soft and base and vanilla, especially early in the game, to sort of get a sense of, you know, what they're doing. Um, but it's shocking to me that they would look this ill-prepared. And, and again, some of it's just simply like tackling, right? Getting the football, getting guys on the ground, making plays. Um, could have probably could have won that football game if they just made some more fundamental plays on defense, but they didn't. And so getting back to some basics, 
is going to be significant here. Um, I'd love to see a steady dose of Monty Bailey running the football. He had cramps at the end of that game, uh, apparently against Colorado, and that's why he wasn't out there for the for the final series. Uh, but get him some carries. I want to see more of Trey Sanders. He was good in short yardage. Didn't end up having two touchdowns in that football game. Um, I, I'd like to see him get more opportunities. And then uh, Trent Battle, who, like, I liked what Trent brought to the table last year. He didn't play a lot on Saturday, but he was in the game that final drive, and he had a nice catch and, and sort of ran through somebody and got some extra yardage on that final drive to get a first down, which was significant. So getting him out there will be uh, big as well. And also these O-linemen, I, I was pretty impressed with the, – the thing I was most concerned about with the O-line, when you're replacing three starters across the board like this, okay, is the communication going to be up to par? Are you going to be able to um, pass off blitzers, make sure you identify rushers, uh, where's you know where's the Mike linebacker, where's the, the pressure coming from? And for the most part, they did a good job of that. Didn't allow any sacks. Now, did lose some individual battles that led to some pressures, uh, but moved moved them pretty well in the run game. I mean, it was it was a football game where they could they could do what they want running the football. And I imagine if if things go like they should and they go right, um, then we sh- will probably see Josh Hoover a little bit in this football game. But I do wonder how many reps they want to get Chandler. Because it's easy to forget, but he hasn't, I mean, he hasn't had a lot of game reps in his career. And so it's not like he's never played. But Shadur Sanders came in and Shadur's played a lot in his first two seasons. Granted, it's at the SCS level, but it's still live football, right? And, um, you know, I, I, I think that showed his ability to make plays, to get things done, to make it happen. Um, he just looked very calm and collected. And Chandler's timing looked a little bit off. Now, one thing that, Matt Jennings pointed this out to me, and Matt's actually going to be on the show tomorrow. But he said part of that, too, is, you know, last season, Max and that core of receivers, they had worked together a lot, right? Like they had had a lot of game experience together, a lot of reps. And so they had a good understanding of what they were doing, timing, where they were going to be on certain routes, certain plays, all that. Um, this is really Chandler's, like, it's, it's not only – um, some of his first valuable kind of game reps, but also with this receiving core, you have a lot of new faces, guys that haven't played together. So a lot of those options routes, timing routes, reading coverages, trying to sit down in the zone or, um, you know, what do you do against press man, that type of thing. Those are all things they're learning on the fly. And so hopefully that can get worked out more this week in, in a game where you should take care of business. Another kind of interesting subplot to this is, uh, Nickel State does have a former frog on their team, Quincy Brown, former wide receiver for TCU. He ended up there. So um, he'll be playing in, in this game back at the Carter on Saturday. And then hopefully you win, you do it in business-like fashion. You get a lot of guys um, a chance to play in that football game. And then you move on to Houston. And show goes on, and you get a chance to, to play the Cougs in their house in their first ever Big 12 football game. So – uh, yeah, that's where we're at as they get ready to prepare for uh, their opponent this week and try to kind of bounce back and turn the page and hopefully hopefully, you just see a lot more energy and intensity. I mean, this should be a game where there's never any doubt, right? Like, come out angry, do your thing, um, and then we can collectively exhale a little bit at least until the next Monday when we start to look at the next opponent. When we come back, uh, what else happened in the Big 12 this week? Baylor Falls, Tech Falls, teams like Texas, UCF, Cincinnati, Oklahoma, 
all took care of business. We'll discuss that next and more. This is Locked on Horn Frogs. It's your team every day. Bird Dogs are one of my favorite sponsors because they send me great clothes. They send me shorts and pants that are super comfortable. They make you look good. They make you feel good. Uh, they have stretch uh, design that help you fit slimmer and give you a truly sculpted look. It, it It's hard to give me a sculpted look. But when I put on Bird Dogs, I feel like I am sculpted. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. They fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that look, that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you can get away with a slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. That is one of the great things. It's actually casual wear, but you can kind of get away with wearing it just about anywhere because it does look like, you know, just your typical khaki shorts. Um, go to birddogs.com slash locked on or enter promo code locked on college to uh, birddogs.com slash locked on college or enter that promo code locked on college at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. Again, that's birddogs.com slash locked on college for a free water bottle at checkout. And you won't want to take these bird dogs off. That is a, that's the truth, man. Once you get them on, you're going to feel good. You want to wear them just about anywhere. Bird dogs, birddogs.com slash locked on college, a proud sponsor of the lockdown network. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. That's right. Uh, Locked On Horn Frogs. We're rolling here on a Tuesday. I kind of got thrown off of my recording schedule because I, I typically don't do like reaction shows after game Saturday, but I did one this week, and I think I'm going to try to keep that going throughout the rest of the season. Um, but let's talk about the rest of the Big 12, okay? So we know what happened with TCU. They fall to Colorado. They're 0-1. What happened around the rest of the league? We'll talk first about teams that just kind of did what they're supposed to do and took care of business. Uh, UCF, they went over Kent State by a score of 56-6. to I'll tell you, I know it's one game, and I still think for these new schools, even BYU that played – in some ways, essentially a power five schedule most years because they play a lot of Pac-12 schools uh, in the past when they were independent. It's just going to be tough to make this transition. Like I remember when TCU did it, I was actually a sophomore at TCU when they were first year in the Big 12. And it's a rocky thing, right? Like there's just, a, there, it's hard when you're playing power conference teams week after week after week. But UCS talented and John Ross Pumley, their QB, um, was really solid in this football game. 281 yards, completed 73% of his passes, three touchdowns. He's a good player. Uh, they're cleaning up early on in the recruiting trail for the 2024 class. We'll have to see what happens as we get closer to signing day. But that's definitely a school with their location. It's a big school in Orlando. A lot of alumni, people that are passionate about sports, and there's a ton of talent there in that area. And so they're, they're starting to bring in players that maybe in the past wouldn't be interested in UCF um, but are now. As far as this team this year, though, really solid start for them. Did their thing. Hold Kent State to six points. They put up 56. They win that one. On Friday, Kansas beats Missouri State 48-17. to 
Jason Beam at, actually started this game um, as Jalen Daniels is is working his way back from a back injury, had some back tightness apparently, and didn't. Uh, it was kind of a back and forth thing. Like I saw earlier in the week that Kansas reporters were saying, "Oh yeah, he's going to play, not a big deal." But then he was like a late scratch, so I don't know what's going on there. But that's a, I mean, that's a huge subplot to their season. Like if Jalen Daniels can't play, obviously as TCU fans uh, saw, like we know Jason Bean is a really good backup quarterback, and he did some special things with his arm in that game against TCU. But still, I mean, you, you want Daniels out there. He was like a, a dark horse Heisman candidate type guy preseason, um, and he needs to be on the field for Kansas to be successful, but they had no trouble with Missouri state on Friday, uh, Penn state. They take care of West Virginia by a score 38 to 15. I think it's gonna be a long year for West Virginia. We'll have to see how it plays out. I know they have a lot of their offensive line coming back and that might carry them in some games and, and CJ Donaldson, um, their running back it has, has been really effective for them in the past few seasons. Garrett green though, is their QB, um, he doesn't inspire a lot of confidence for me. I, I feel like for the Mountaineers, it's going to be a tough year. Really tough opponent, though, in week one, obviously, with Penn State, who's number seven in the nation. Uh, Texas, they win against Rice, 37-10. to 10. Um, Longhorns did their thing. Quinn Ewers was, was really good, had three touchdown passes. Um, Xavier Worthy, seven catches for, for 90 yards. Jaden Blue is their new running back. He had an okay day, 55 yards on 10 carries. He was their leading rusher. Horns defense looked good against the, an overmatched Owls team. Kansas State, they shut out um, Southeastern Missouri 45 to nothing. And Will Howard, as you would imagine, had a, had a good football game, did throw one pick. Um, their new running back, DJ Giddings, the transfer from Florida State, 15 carries, 128 yards, eight and a half yards per carry. He's running behind that big offensive line. K-State, I think, is going to be a solid football team again. They just don't beat themselves. Um, Oklahoma shuts out Arkansas State 73 to nothing. Arkansas State head football coach Butch Jones. I've never seen this before. There's a video on Twitter um, kind of rolling around. He was crying on the sidelines. Players were trying to console him. Um, I still have questions about OU. I don't think we really learned a lot about them on Saturday. But, you know, they have improved this defense from a talent perspective. And then Dylan Gabriel's back in another year in Jeff Levy's system. And so you would think they'll be better. It's just how high is their ceiling that remains to be seen. Iowa State, really rocky offseason, but they did defeat Northern Iowa 30-9. Northern Iowa is one of the better teams um, at the FCS level. Uh, still trying to figure out that quarterback situation. Cyclones played Rocco Beck and then J.J. Cole both, even though Beck took the majority of the snaps and had 13 pass attempts, so it might just end up being his job. Um, but, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of turnover with that gambling investigation and players being sidelined for the Cyclones, but it did not matter in their opener. Cincinnati beats Eastern Kentucky 66-13. to A really good job for the uh, Bearcats in their first game with Scott Satterfield as the head coach. Um, Oklahoma State, not a, a high-scoring game, but they beat Central Arkansas 27-13. to I believe the Pokes paid, played three different quarterbacks in this one, um, and Garrett Rangel had the best numbers, 10-15 of for 118 yards. Gunnar Gundy also... Did a nice job, uh, seven to nine passing, one hundred and six. Alan Bowman had twenty four pass attempts. So, uh, not sure who's going to end up being the guy there. But Gundy said they might end up playing three quarterbacks for the first few weeks of the season. They get Arizona State next, I believe. Um, Houston they beat UTSA, uh, which is one of the better teams on the G five level. 
17 to 14. Donovan Smith, two touchdown passes, 233 yards passing. Um, and yeah, the Cougs get it done at home. Nice little victory defensively, standing up in a big way, only giving up 14 points to the Roadrunners. BYU takes down Sam Houston, 14 to nothing. Um, not a lot of points in that one, but defensively, uh, the Cougars were dominant. Keaton Slovis, the new BYU quarterback, not his best night, but we'll see if he gets in a better rhythm as the season goes on. Okay, the two games that we'll focus in on here uh, the most, though. TCU, obviously, rough start to the season. They lose to Colorado. Texas Tech goes on the road against Wyoming, loses 35-33. to um, Playing the Cowboys there in, in Laramie, it was uh, – the game was delayed because of a weather delay. Texas Tech jumps out to a 17-0 lead. Looks like they're going to cruise to a victory. Suddenly that offense just kind of hits a wall. Um, O-line looks shoddy again. Wyoming scored a touchdown on fourth and seven in double overtime to tie that football game, then got a two-point conversion. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see if that was just a you know an anomaly for Tech or if that was – what we'll end up seeing from them the rest of the season. But there were high, high expectations for Texas Tech. A lot of people had them as a dark horse to win the Big 12 title. Not a good start for them losing uh, to the Cowboys there. And then and the biggest surprise of the day to me, Texas State beat Baylor 42-31. to Now, Texas State, um, they also brought in a lot of transfers, and namely T.J. Finley, their quarterback who uh, played at Auburn. But the biggest thing that stood out to me, Baylor got worked up front by Texas State, and I would not have predicted that. So um, that's something to watch moving forward. Not sure what's going to happen there, but Blake Shapin, I saw this today, their starting quarterback, he's out for two to three weeks with an MCL injury. Dave Aranda announced that on on Monday. And so that means it's going to be Sawyer Robinson uh, for the foreseeable future. They play Utah this week. And if you have a bad offensive line, good luck against the Utah Utes because they can rush the passers. So uh, that's your Big 12 loop around if you have thoughts about any of those games. You know, please feel free to comment here on YouTube or hit me up on Twitter. We'll come back and I'll get to some of your reactions from the Colorado game. What are some of your biggest concerns moving forward? We'll talk about that next year in Lockdown Horn Frogs. First, though, our friends at FanDuel, go to fanduel.com slash lockdown. Do it today. Um, you want to make some money, this is a place to go. Get ready for the new NFL season. It starts on Thursday. New customers, if you go to fanduel.com slash lockdown, if you bet $5, you can get up to $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. They have an easy-to-use app that you can use on everything from spreads to player props and more. FanDuel.com slash on. Kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. So I've gotten a lot of reaction from different places over the last few days. I'm going to try to condense it here and react to some of it. Um, in this segment. So I asked you on yesterday's show, uh, what's what are the biggest things that you're concerned about? You know, I, I listed three things that I'm concerned about moving forward. And what, what are you fans concerned about for TCU as we move forward in the season? Um, and so we'll look at some of, some of that here. Logan Thompson said, uh, my two biggest concerns was when Coach Dyke said they had practiced for an hour when it was really hot outside. I get why. My number two concern was the amount of missed first tackles. The tackling in this game was awful. Um, yeah, it didn't seem like we, – we talked a lot about – I think what you're getting out there with that first comment. We talked a lot about the heat and how that was not going to benefit Colorado. Um, but honestly, like TCU did not look like the team that was better conditioned in that football game. And so uh, 
sorry, I had an unexpected visitor there. My daughter came in the room, and so I had to uh, had to get her situated. But uh, anyway, I think what you're getting at there. So TCU thought they would have an advantage in the heat, and Sonny Dykes talked about how they practice a lot in the morning, um, and maybe they weren't super prepared for this. Monty Bailey had cramps on that last drive. Colorado looked like the better conditioned team. Yeah, that's a concern for me too. I don't know. I've, I've praised Coach Kazkazadi for a long time, you know, since he came over and the way he gets the team in shape. Uh, but they did not look like the team that was in better condition going into that football game. So I'm sure they'll address that. Uh, and then the amount of missed tackles. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, if they could have just tackled in space on Saturday, um, I think they won the football game. Like the the one that stands out to me is that 75-yard touchdown pass on the screen where Dylan Edwards took it to the house. Um, that that's just not acceptable. Uh, Tanner McKinney said the D got embarrassed. They did nothing but blame each other and did not play as a team. Chandler was forcing passes and they kept doing the same thing and they didn't change it. Tough day for the defense. They'll have to regroup. I don't have all the answers there, but hopefully they have um, some changes schematically moving forward. You know, some people have gone after Chandler. I honestly thought Chandler was pretty solid in this football game. He did force passes, as you said, Tanner, and he was staring down some wide receivers. I think, though, that can get better as the season goes on. Jim Norris also said it's hard to have confidence in Morris. He feels like he doesn't have leadership uh, qualities. He says he just parodied uh, what the coach said in the press conference and missed some throws. Um, And then on the other side, Colorado had Travis Hunter, who's maybe one of the best players in the country. Um, Yeah, I'm going to reserve judgment on Chandler. I thought overall he was good Saturday. He did miss some throws. You know, had one big miss to Dalen Wright on on that last drive where he airmailed it and had a chance to hit him in stride um, and, you know, keep working down the field. But overall, I thought Chandler did okay, and I think he's going to get better as uh, the season goes on. Zoom play says he misses the 4-2-5 formation, and he thinks they need to put more pressure on the offensive line. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think they're going to go back to that, but I, I see your point. I know a lot of people want four-down linemen. Um, I think it's really more about just bringing pressure from different angles. You can keep three guys on the line. It's just about consistently bringing pressure. And I think the delayed blitzes are going to have to go. I just feel like they don't work, and it, it seems like teams have the the book on that one. Um, Robert Wright said, uh, "Oh, actually, I, I didn't I didn't get to that one. I'm sorry." Um, Tommy Fisher said the effort was telling. TCU thought they were better than they were, and they were a 21 point favorite. They didn't come out with a chip on their shoulder. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I don't think the intensity was there. You also mentioned that there's not a lot of speed at the linebacker position. Um, and it seems like teams are exploiting that. Yes, they are. You know, the, the main example on fourth and two, making Jamoy sprint to the sideline to try to uh, tackle Dylan Edwards, um, that's going to be a tough thing for him to do, and it, it's really unfair to ask those guys to do that. So maybe we'll see some different packages that um, allow uh, allow those guys to get off the field in more obvious passing situations. Um, Craig says TCU has now lost three of their last four games. Yeah, they have. I mean, if we go back to – good to hear from you, Craig. If we go back to um, last season, they have lost three of their four last games. And that's concerning. I, I think it's hard to compartmentalize it like that because it's two different seasons. But they need to get some more, you know, positivity with with some wins and rattle off a winning streak, I think, just to feel better about things. And then Greg Thompson actually sent me an email. Um he wondered if Griffin Kell hits his field goal attempt and they don't turn the ball over to the win that game and are we having a much more positive conversation? Yeah, probably. I mean, if they win, if they want a close one, I think there'd still be a lot of concerns, but at least they would have gotten out there with a victory. And I think 
you know, people are always willing to take um, concerns when a win comes with it, you know. So the loss has definitely contributed to the panicky feel around the team. Um, he also had a problem with Kendall Browse's play calling in the red zone. Yeah, I mean, that play call on third and one was bad, and it was what it was. I, I don't know if it was an RPO or if it was just a swing, a true swing pass, but it didn't work. Um, and sometimes play callers just get too cute around the goal line when it makes the most sense just to run the football. So that'll do it for Locked on Horn Frogs today. We'll be back tomorrow. It's your team every day.